and we are back at the election night watch party here at local bar and kitchen you're here with the pittsburgh current as well as our friends at the incline and we're watching election results come in we're talking about election results uh i would jo normally jokingly say we're going to go out and make and vote some more but you know god knows there'll then be a, a, a senatorial panel about that <laughs> a couple of things i want to update you on uh first i want to talk about the uh I want to talk about the Children's Fund referendum here in Allegheny County um, with just about, uh, I think about 17 per, I'm sorry, 32% of the votes uh, in, that, that, that vote is, is almost 50-50. It's 50-49. Uh, uh, there's still a long way to go on that. Later in the broadcast, we're going to have Allegheny Controller Chelsea Wagner come in, and we'll talk about that as we did on our podcast earlier this week. Um, the other race I want to talk about is uh, in the 17th Congressional District between Connor Lamb and incumbent Keith Roth. As well, Connor Lamb is also uh, an incumbent uh, coming from the Tim Murphy seat. Um, right now, Lamb has a pretty handy lead uh, over Rothfuss. Um, 29, 62% to 37%, and that's with 23% of the votes tallied. Thank you, Haley. And so that's that's one of those seats that, again, Tim Murphy uh, forgot to practice what he preached on his uh, clean living, was forced out of the House, seat up for grabs. Connor Lamb won in a Republican area, and I think that that was the first early kind of bellwether that, that we were going to see some, potentially see some changes here in the midterms. Um, after redistricting was struck down, he comes over um, and he takes on the most uninteresting human being on the face of the earth, Keith Rothfuss. And um, that one, like I said, 23% of the vote, it's 62% uh, Lamb and 37% Rothfuss. I have a guest with me here. Chris Basher is from the north side. And um, we're going to talk a little bit about the election, but uh, Chris had an experience today vote, uh, well, when he went to vote. And it's actually some uh, some things that I've seen uh, different people um, posting pictures about all day. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what happened to you when you went to vote this? And it was later this evening, correct? Uh, yes, it was, Charlie. Uh, great night, <clears throat> great night tonight. Um, I ended up going over to my polling place, and little did I know it had it had moved. Right. And I get there, I work late at the time. It was about seven thirty, and panic starts to hit it. Right. You know, and the sure. last thing I want to do in this election is give up. Right. You know, it's very easy. Sometimes things don't go your way. You know, I got on PA.gov. I was able to uh, put my address in there and right. get, get the street location. So lucky for me, uh, it was in walking distance because I was getting really worried about the time. So I walk over there and I'm looking around. No signage, nothing. I, I just keep looking and there were these two cones that kind of had a door propped open. And I walk that way, and there's some light emitting from the door. And I go, this is strange. And then I see on the door, but it's opened, the sign that says polling right. place. So it wasn't until you actually went into, you actually breached the door, bre right. breached the doors. You went into the to the building you, is when you first saw that it was your polling place. Correct, correct. So did you ask anyone there? Did they give any reason as to why there was no notice given, at least as far as you knew, no there was no notice. Given. Yeah, correct. Um, I didn't receive anything mail-wise or, or anything like that. I was very caught off guard. Um, I was so lucky to have found it, and 
to be in there. And it was basically a hallway with, you know, three little, little areas to vote at. Right. And, and you actually turned into a sign, correct? You, you hung around for the last sure. 20 or 30 minutes. So after that experience, I was, you know, a little just caught off guard again. And I had finished up and I had stepped outside and you kind of see some vehicles driving by slowly. And I know with the address, it's very vague. And it was a huge building. And it was literally a side door in a hallway. So I stuck around and approached these, these people right. and told them, are you here to vote? And they said, yeah, do you know where I go? So I was able to direct them there. And I just kind of hung out until like 8 o'clock. Right. So when you see something like that, what do you what do you initially what's your initial thought what like what do you owe that to initially do you think it's it's just a bad system that's maybe not being uh, tended to and the words not getting out I mean I mean you can't imagine that that people are trying to keep polling places sure from folks but, but what was your thought when you first I mean for me initially I was a little disappointed to say the least I think that this is definitely an election that a lot of people are, are very interested in. And to see the amount of people, even at work today, yeah. hey, did you vote? And see how many of those stickers people had on. And I was like, no, you know, I'm going to do it right after. I know where I'm going. And <laughs> I'm just thinking to myself, I'm going to have a story for these people tomorrow. Right. <laughs> and, you know, it's tough because we live in such a strange political environment yeah. right now. It's almost hard not to think there was some, something involved. Right. But for me, I just think it was just a, a lack of organization, yeah. to say the least. Let's talk a little bit about the times we're living in in politics. Sure. So um, you're 32, you told me earlier. Yeah. So um, I don't do math, but that would have made you four years younger in 20, or two years younger in 2016. Sure. Um, were you, taking me back, back to, to, to that day, were you... Are you someone who's always been into politics? Was that something that you, were you excited about that election? Were you? You know, I remember the first time I got to vote and it didn't go the way I expected. Right. And I remember being in tears. I was Do you remember years who old. was the first candidate when you? Yeah, it was, uh, it was Bush. Oh. And it was the, the second running of that. And it was 2004 and I just, I, I had such you know, you're you're that age. You're like, oh, I'm, I'm I can't believe you know being 18 actually yeah, getting the vote absolutely. for the first time. That's kind of neat. And I remember talking to a friend of mine who didn't share the same political views as me, and he kind of laughed at me, you know. And I remember being so hurt. And I said to myself, you know, at least I showed up, right. and at least I voted. And from there on, I just thought to myself how important it is every time. Going back to 2016. I honestly thought, and to just put it out there, uh, you know, I thought Hillary had it. Sure. I was like, there's no way this is going to happen. And it was almost that same striking feeling of disappointment. And for the younger people I know and everybody else I've been talking to, it's like, you know, no matter what, never think that it's going to be a shoe and win. Right. Or, you know, I... I I'm, I'm going to go in, I'm going to vote, everything's going to go my way, because it doesn't. And I think that's how politics are, you know? Right. And so what was your, what was your level of, um, I mean, it obviously I don't, you don't strike me as somebody who would have a low level of engagement anyway, but is this something that you could even find like almost like another gear for when you're coming into the midterms? Sure. Uh, my father, he was very 
politically driven. I mean, he would always let you know how he felt about things. So I grew up in a household that was very much like, know, know your feelings and express your feelings. Right. And it was never like, vote the way I vote or feel the way you feel. It's right. like, there's always an internal voice in yourself. Yeah. And find that and kind of, you know, ride that wave of emotion. And I watched this uh, this video on Twitter of Barack Obama. And yeah. it was the seven reasons, you know, that people kind of give why they're not going to vote. Right. And to go on that point, one of the things was, oh, I'm not sure about the candidates. And he said, well, well Google. Literally, yeah. if you Google that candidate, you can find out anything, their view on climate change their view on, you know, same-sex marriage, anything like that. It's right. so easy to find out. And I think a very strange thing about our time is we live in an era where technology gives us all this information right. at our fingertips, and sometimes we're too complacent to use it. Right. And that's the thing. And then, of course, unfortunately, we have other folks who are on the Internet reading the complete wrong things, and then... <laughs> You know, they also, they have an equal vote. They have an equal shot at it, too. And I think that is a, a way that with that technology and with all that power at your fingertips as far as what you can find out, there's also a way to use that to another party's advantage or against you. And um, it's all about being informed, you know. Yeah. Ne never just take the first thing and read it and say, oh, that's the truth. That's what it is. Right. If I were to put you on the spot and ask you, one thing from the past two years um, that you'd like to see change after tonight, what would that, what would that be? I think regardless of party, um, going back to when I was talking about Bush and, and him getting reelected and how that hurt me, um, I never saw the level of just separation and division yeah. in this country. And, you know, that was... That was 14 years ago now, and you look back on that time and you think, gee, so much has changed, and it's almost changed for the worse. Right. You know, and I think now we live in a time where it's, it's more acceptable to be closed-minded and unaccepting of other people, and that hurts a lot. Right, and I think, I think a lot of people, and I'm not going to say other people and pretend that I'm not one of them sure. most of the time, um, when you see... Uh, I don't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't ever call myself a moderate Democrat. Certainly, a little farther left than most. But when you see things that go on, especially when we saw them go on the Donald Trump campaign, yes, it's almost like there was a feeling, at least for me, all right. I got to see how far left I can go because let's just either maybe maybe we'll see just how ridiculous the extremes on both sides are, and I'm hoping that we balance out at some point. Because, I mean, at the state level, at the federal level, we're not going to get anything done until we do. No, and I totally agree with that. And I think that, you know, with that being said, it's definitely brought a lot of the extreme sides right. to, to the parties. And, you know, I think that it's kind of, it's almost scary that we live in a time where you need to kind of really push your views and your values almost to those extremes because unfortunately th things are a lot tighter and a lot different than they were a decade ago yeah yeah absolutely so um what's the what's the best case scenario for you to you think tonight tonight i think you know 
I want to see a wave of blue. Yeah. And, I mean, it, it would be just paramount to see that yeah. happen. I think, you know, some of these cases, you know, it's going to be hard. But one of the big ones I'm looking at is Cruz. Right. And I think we're all kind of eyeing that. Yeah, and, and it's, I, it's a close. I haven't seen it in a few minutes, but yeah. it's it's close. It's, it's one of those races that Don Shalala has already, has already won in Florida. That, right. I think that's where that race has been called. So the pickups are there. Mm-hmm. So at least early on, the pickups are there. So it'll be interesting to see um, kind of how it cleans up going down. Yeah, I'm pretty excited. It's a Absolutely. great night, and to be here and experience this the way I am. Yeah. It's almost... As not not to do this. Yeah. I didn't want to. I wanted to hold any sports reference. Well, yeah. While I was doing do this, the same thing. But it's almost yeah. a sports atmosphere here, yeah. where people are having a great time. They're engaged, and right. there's a lot of emotion in the room. Right, and, it, and it's nice to see people come out and get excited about something that really matters. Not the Steelers football doesn't matter. Keep your yeah. cards and letters to yourself. <laughs> but you know, this is what really matters. And to see, we have a packed room here, and it's been. Uh, um, it's been a good night, and um, yeah, I, Chris Basher, thank you so much for taking hey, the time. Thank you so much for for giving me the opportunity. All right, I appreciate. Have you. a great one. All right, we're gonna we're going to uh, clean up a couple of things here on our way out. Um, so some updated numbers that we have um, in the Connor Lamb Keith Rothfuss uh, race. Forty percent of the precincts reporting. Uh, Lamb holds a 61 to 38 percent lead over Keith Rothfuss, and uh, this was the title fight that we were all thinking was going to happen. Uh, so much so that we broke out, we broke the Photoshop budget. Uh, we got some stock photos, and we we really knocked that one out of the park. Um, the other race, this there's a state senate race: uh, Lindsey Williams versus Republican Jeremy Schaefer. Now, Jeremy Schaefer came seemingly out of nowhere. He's a Ross Township commissioner. He defeated in what many call, what I call, a pretty dirty race in the spring against uh, uh, Randy Velakovic, a Republican actually who could be talked to um, from the other side of the aisle. Um, and their campaign got pretty dirty going down the, the line on the Jeremy Schaefer side. Lindsey Williams, um, I think, really, really did well in those coming in those in those waning weeks. Um, in the other big state house race. Uh, Speaker of the House Republican Mike Terzai is leading Emily Skopoff 55% to 44%. That's just 14% of the votes. Uh, 14% of the votes reporting. And I'm going to we're going to check back in one more time on this children's uh, the children's fund referendum. And currently that that is it's still a toss up. We've got 57% of precincts reporting, and uh, there's a, a very slight. 50.3% to 49.6% on that. One and more final interesting stat in this segment from uh, my colleague Lindsay. Straight party votes so far tonight. Democrats, 68% of Democrats are voting straight party tickets. Republicans, 30% of Repo- only of Republicans are voting straight party. So that's how a, a candidate like a Connor Lamb, like a Dan Smith Jr. Uh, against you know up there in Butler County, those are the kinds of voters that are going to turn those seats. So we are live at Local Bar and Kitchen, Pittsburgh Current, along with the Pittsburgh Incline Election Night Watch Party. We will be back shortly with more updates. If you're in the, in the area, come on down. Food, drinks, and we'll talk some politics. We are back with the Pittsburgh Current Podcast here at Local Bar and Kitchen. We are in our...
I think, 155th hour of watching election results. Uh, <laughs> I have to take a personal moment here. Um, the long national nightmare is over. As someone who has lived in Keith Rothfuss's district, Keith Rothfuss uh, is going to lose uh, that congressional seat to Connor Lamb. Uh, the Messiah Connor, Connor Lamb has taken out Keith Rothfuss um, in a race that not many people thought was going to be close anyway. Also, just a couple of things. Um, Fox News, if Fox News is predicting that Democrats will take back the House, I think I'll probably take that to the bank. Um, <laughs> but one, another thing we're looking at, there's one referendum that we're looking at tonight, and it is the, uh, we talked about it on this podcast earlier this week, it is the um, it is the children's fund referendum, and with 85% of the precincts reporting, uh, it looks like that referendum is going to go down. And with me is Allegheny County Controller. There we go, Allegheny County Controller Chelsea Wagner, and we're going to talk a little bit about that. As you remember, the other day Chelsea was on the show. She wrote an op-ed. It was not a uh, not a piece of uh, not a referendum that she thought she could support. So, Chelsea, I want to talk to you a little bit about, um, before we talk about the night in general, um, is this sort of how you saw this coming down, or did you have concerns, or did you have wonderful with it? Well, I, I always thought it was going to be hard to tell, because yeah. I think when there's a $1 million probably plus dollar campaign, right? it's um, without organized opposition, which there really wasn't, right. there were many people... Um, kind of grassroots who were concerned about it, but right. up against a million dollars, I think right. probably the way the organizers thought was that a million dollars can right. buy goodwill. So what what does make a difference to you, I mean, just in your opinion, right. what does make a difference then if they're basically, if, if they're spending and they're not really facing much opposition, a little bit at the end, you know, so, but, but what... What sort of makes it go this way instead of the way that they were looking? Well, I do think there were more grassroots activists. Yeah. Um, some with larger organizations who voice different concern. Uh, if you take PIN, Pittsburgh Interfaith Impact yes. Network, yeah. for example. Um, I know there were emails that went out to all of their members. Um, the Education Rights Network, if I have the name correctly. Yes. Um, likewise let their members know right. so I think you did have some vocal opposition and I think in a um, referendum or a matter like this when there's a shred of doubt sometimes even if somebody doesn't right. know the entire story that right. goes a long way we're hearing oh Kansas, Gov in Kansas governor we have an upset <laughs> I can't read her name under the closed captioning, which really doesn't help much. But uh, that's a that's a gain for Democrats. Kelly, you know, it's yes. Governor Kelly. Kelly, <laughs> right? Defeated Chris Kobach, um, and that's a that's a pickup. Um, so when you and I talked the other day, we talked about that this doesn't have to be the end game for this. So right. if you, were, I mean, I don't know what your plan is, but um, is this something you would? think about reaching out to and saying okay can we can we or should we try this again or yeah so I know I um, I've always said I, I think that speaking for myself but a lot of the other people I know who were voting no on this yeah it wasn't because we didn't see the need 
we all see the need right. for these different program areas, but we didn't have the confidence that this referendum was going to really deliver on that need. Right. So um, I've told them I'd be more than happy to work on it with them. Um, and I think that's requiring them to really um, embrace and reach out to the whole community. Right. Um, and make sure that if we're asking for tax dollars right. to be raised, that we're also ensuring how they're being spent. Right. Moving on to the night in yeah. general. Um, what have you seen tonight, uh, and what is your general feeling as we've been watching some some uh, races uh, come in? I don't think there were any surprises at the at the top of the Pennsylvania ticket with the governor right. and Senator Bob Casey. But what are some of the? As someone who I mean, you don't you don't just pay attention to politics here. You're someone who pays attention around the country. What kind of things are you noticing, and what kind of swing do are we getting? The blue wave that we all thought we might. Well, I'm hearing from a lot of people that know we're right. not, um, but I, I've personally been paying attention more tonight on um, some of the Allegheny County races right. um, with our organization, Women for the Future of Pittsburgh, uh, WTF Pittsburgh. We have supported a number of progressive women and what we knew would be very close races, and they're still very close races. Um, last I checked in the last 10 minutes or so, many of them have between 50 and 60 percent right. of precincts reporting. Um, and they're close, but I think it's going to take the rest of the night for us to really see where they are. No matter what, I think it's, um, it's a very, very good showing in a lot of these districts right. that um, had been under Republican control, that they're so close now is a good thing, but of course, you know, would like to see the candidates that we've supported cross the finish yeah, line. I mean, you have candidates like Mike Terzai, who just quite frankly didn't have to didn't have to campaign. He never had to run right. for re-election before. Right. It was just handed to him. And so I think you saw these people have to go out and face the voters, and they had to right. talk about um, the issues. And he had to defend um, some of his uh, leadership decisions. And so. At the very least, we had that conversation. Now, yeah. how important is that weight against actually, you know, taking someone like Mike Terzai out of out of office? Well, I think it's really important because one of the things that for WTF we ask the candidates that we endorse, if not now, do you plan on running in the future? Right. And there are a number of our board members that I think um, justifiably that's really really important. Right. And so. I know that's the case with many of the candidates that we've supported, right. that this was not a sprint, but a marathon. Right. Um, and I think there's still possibility for many of them to pull this off tonight. Right. But we know that if they don't, many of these candidates are looking at this as um, just one step in the process and something that comes up again in two very short years. Yeah, yeah. And, and one thing that, that we've all talked about a lot this election cycle and as someone who's, who writes a lot of music, not I don't write music, but writes about musicians, you know, we often talk about one of the things you hate to do is when you talk about a female guitarist, for example, is point out you're a great guitarist for a woman kind of a thing. But we have been talking more about women politicians this cycle now. Yeah. We just haven't had a whole lot. So how does that, how do you, how do you balance that um, making women sort of, pulled out just because they're women, 
but yeah. getting women involved. So it's kind of a yeah. double-edged sword a bit, right? Yeah, I, th I think it changes the whole paradigm a lot, yeah. um, especially in an area like Western Pennsylvania, yeah. where I know there have always been those dynamics where, um, you know, kind of the old school way of thinking right. that the male head of household is going right. to vote this way <laughs> right. and the little lady is yeah. going to follow the right. same way. Um, but I know I've seen statistics over the years that say that women run sometimes with a 10-point advantage. Um, you know, it's hard to compare everything right. scientifically, but people tend to trust women more. Um, I think you saw a lot of that from our candidates right. because they're people that have really amazing life experiences. Right. You know, they weren't just boilerplate Democrats that were being put out right. and being, um, you know, just giving these talking points to yeah. say X, Y, and Z. They were talking about really important Democratic issues, but I, I always saw that they were talking about them from the heart. So right. exactly. I think that's right. really, really important here locally. And we really saw a good slate of candidates, win or lose. Yeah. And there were quite a few wins even before we even got to this night. I mean, when you look at what... When you look at what uh, Summer Lee and Sarah and Murado did to two entrenched incumbents, and they they took them out in the primary, right? That's a huge statement. And, and do you think that that carried into the fall uh, their victories to see like, oh shit, not only can we do this, we can win these things. Did that did that carry on into the fall? Yeah. Well, I think there there's such different dynamics yeah. in primaries versus general sure. elections where. Um, in the general election, they're designed so that only one team can win. Right. And yet that has been challenged very, very considerably here. I was just looking at that. Um, no, no, no. It, it wasn't any different, but it caught my eye for a second. Um, but I think, you know, for, for Sarah in summer, they ran incredible campaigns. Um, I think really incredible candidates. So you kind of had all things together with their candidacies and they weren't districts that were impossible for a candidate like them to win um, or that take multiple years to really make that kind of um, win happen or cross the finish line. Right. So just finally, where does WTF Pittsburgh, where do you guys go from here? What's next on yeah. the slate? I mean, obviously we have some yeah. municipal elections coming up, right. correct? So. How do you how do you guys how do you folks plan on getting involved in those and what's the what's the game plan I guess as we go into the next election? Session? Yeah, so um, I think first is for us to be watching really really closely tonight and hoping that we get some um, good wins in addition to having Summer and Sarah elected to the yeah. state house. Um, and one thing that's interesting, I think, uh, from a nonpartisan viewpoint, um, and WTF really is nonpartisan. We yeah. say we support progressive women. Right which we acknowledge could be an either sure. party. Absolutely. Um, no matter what tonight, the number and proportion of women from this area elected to the state house is going to change considerably. Um, what we don't know yet is how many of them are going to be Democrats, how many are going to be Republicans. Right. But because you have a number of female Democrat versus female Republican races, right. um, and that really is important. Because I can tell you, as WTF, we contemplated as we formed, should we be an organization that supports all women? Right. And for a number of different reasons, we ended up where we are that we wanted to make sure that um, we were raising money and supporting women right. that were really committed to a number of different areas that we defined as progressive. Right. But I think that changes. And so we keep at 
the state level. Right. But next year, I think it's going to change to sort of more education and engagement because I don't even know the number of municipal races off my head. There are people that yeah, know this better than I do. Um, but with 130 municipalities here in Allegheny County, yeah. there are so many different races and we want to get more people involved so that they're then in the pipeline also to run for races like these in the State House, State Senate, and even higher. Right. Chelsea, thank yeah. you so much for thank taking you. the time tonight. Thank Thanks. you for the other day. Yes. And, um, it, yeah, it looks like we're, we're at about 91% on this referendum, and it doesn't look like it's getting any closer. Right. So thank you, Chelsea, yes, very much. Thanks, Charlie. Welcome back to the Pittsburgh Current Podcast, Election Night Watch Party. We are here live at local bar and kitchen. It is 10.25 p.m. A lot's happening. I mean, a lot's happening. I don't know how good some of it is. Some's good, some's bad. Um, a couple things, though, I wanted to make note of that I think should give us all a little, you know, uh, you know, a little hope for the future. Uh, CNN is projecting that Colorado is elected the nation's first openly gay governor, and um, the first two Muslim women ever have been elected to Congress. So as we go around looking about blue wave this and, you know, the, the Republicans are likely to, to hold the Senate, the Democrats are likely to hold, to take the House back, you know, there are definitely some things that have happened that were, um, that I think are important to the country as we go through the next two years. I want to talk about, a, to kind of close out this referendum talk, uh, my guest is Mark Rauderkiss, a guy I've known 20 years probably at this point or close to We're it. getting old. <laughs> You're getting old, I know. Um, so I've known, for those of you that don't know, Mark is, um, Mark's been involved in local politics for a long time. He's run for city council. You run for, did you run for, you run, you, did you run for mayor? I ran for mayor. You ran for mayor, ran for city council. Um, but we were talking about the referendum, and then one thing that Mark brought up is, last year Mark was actually involved in a successful referendum that passed with about 73, 74, something like that percent of the vote. So Mark, as you look at this Children's Fund um, referendum, what was different between what they did, do you think, and what you were able to do? First of all, explain your referendum. So last year the voters in the city right. had the choice of changing the city charter, our constitution, to allow city employees to take a part-time job with another governmental entity, which was um, Pittsburgh Public Schools. Sure. So in Pittsburgh Public Schools, we couldn't hire part-time coaches to um, if they worked for the city. And then we know that the city workforce is like the um, second biggest you know, workforce in the city. Right. You know, So um, if a person worked at Public Works and they wanted to coach their daughter's softball team, right. that wasn't allowed. And that's something that had been an issue for a long time as far as um, a public, uh, a city employee, uh, and Mark Brentley is the one that comes to my yeah. mind, couldn't run for uh, an unpaid city count or an unpaid city school board position. And um, yeah, it ended up in court. And, right. and I think in the end, Mark Brentley won, but right. he, he lost a year or two of pay. Exactly. It, it was um, a pain. Right. Yeah, so uh, we, we just, it was a, a no brainer. Something that could change. Right. It, we didn't spend any money. We got 73% of right. the vote. And I, I want to I hit that again. So we're hearing that uh, that the Children's Fund spends somewhere between a million, million and a half. And you spend how much? Zero. Zero. And so how did you get the message out? What was, what was the messaging? And how did you successfully get it out the way you did? I... 
it had Natalia Rudiak's help on city council, yeah. so she advanced it to the ballot. And we used a little bit of social media. A couple of newspaper articles were level-headed. It was very clear to the voters in the booth, yeah. and there wasn't a lot of add-on craziness. You know, so it was very straightforward. Yeah. You know, and you know, so the big difference is, you know, this the referendum voters had today was going to raise their taxes. Right. You know, so it puts it in a whole different league. Right. And, and there would have been a 16, 18 million dollar fund that would be, you know, in government's hands. And right. um, it would also have hit every homeowner in the county. It is kind of funny, though, when you think about it, then 23 uh, percent or so, 25 percent, um, even though it wasn't going to cost them a dime, voted against something that was going to help uh, city kids. So I, I don't know. I think that's where obviously our politics plays into, you know, plays into that thing where there maybe somebody's trying to, you know, they don't want to, they're trying to hurt an employee or something like that. Those are just common sense things that sometimes it just, they don't make sense to me when the common sense doesn't completely play out. Yeah, I wouldn't expect 100% on sure. almost anything. You know, yeah, right. it's it's um, just not right. going to happen. But, yeah, I, it was a, a landslide. And, uh, but I'm going to tip my hat to the, the people that put forth the referendum in a sense that we need more referendums. Right. You know, I went to vote today, and there were two people on the ballot that had no opponents. You right. know, we need oppositions. We need referendums. And in a way, you know, my friends in California, they had 20 ballot questions to go through. Right. So they spent the whole last weekend talking among themselves, figuring out the ballot questions, trying to sort it out and, and vote. And that puts a lot of power into the people. And also, it, it's a, another way to organize without being personal. You know, it's a way to put forth a question. You know, so I think we should all use this as a chance to go back and retool. And what are some of the questions that we could put to the voters? Right. Maybe binding, maybe non-binding resolutions. You know, vote on things. Yeah. You know, vote on the bike lanes. Vote on whatever's you want. But I think we need to exercise our democracy right. more and more. When I moved back to the city around, I think it was 99 or 2000, you saw a lot more referendums. I mean, there was obviously there was the referendum. There was the police. Uh, Citizen Police Review yes. Board was a huge, uh, a huge referendum in the city, and I feel like that there was there were some. But then um, you have things like the Pittsburgh Open Government uh, Amendment, things like that. They've been trying to get on a ballot for years and years and years that just never really got a shot. So what's the key? What's the key to number one, picking the right issue, and number two, getting the support? Well, I think it has to be small chunks, yeah. bite size. You know, and you know, it, when it comes to helping kids, you know, right. the guilt trip isn't going to work. You know, and right. it's um, I work with kids all the time. You know, and, and in a certain way, yeah, the nutrition is certainly important, yeah. and after school activities are supremely important. But there are hundreds of small things that we could do to make um, that we're already spending the money on that we could reposition better. Um, but th there was a time when um, you know the rad came about and, right. and there have been some successful things with the with the zoo and the um, aquarium and, right. and the aviary and such that they were public entities and we spun them out so you know there's a, there's a lot to be decided upon you know especially with some you know maybe some oversights with yeah. the authorities and the, the water department you know there's a lot right. to be covered but i think if we have people thinking about it and doing bite-sized measures you know where were the debates with regards to this most recent one right nowhere right. Right, you know. So let's let's um, sign petitions. Let's yeah. let's let's talk about them in length and try to really fine tune. Let's dice and get them up onto right. the ballot. 
I, I didn't mark one. I want one final question, and I didn't I didn't prep you on this, but I know that, that you watch that you pay attention to municipal uh, races. Looking ahead to the municipal elections next year, are you seeing anything interesting uh, as you look ahead? And again, I, Mark might not be primed to talk about this. So I didn't ask well, him about it ahead of time. It, it's a school board election races, yeah. you know, and city council um, elections, and you know it's gotten less civil. In, sure. it, so. You know, I think locally, if we want to really take back our country and be civil with one another, right. you know, that's where it has to happen. Yeah. And I just hope that, you know, there isn't a lot of toxic behavior out there right. and poison in the water and, and that people can stand for office rather than run around like a chicken with their head cut off. You know, not overspending money that they don't have. You know, that's not a way to be a qualified right. governmental leader in exactly. my mind is to spend money that, that you don't have to get a job that only pays this much. You know, so let's let's get people to run for office or stand for office and, and be civil with one another. And let's try to fill up those school board positions and the city council positions. And, and let's get referendum on the ballot. And um, I think that's a way to to temper all the anger and right. um, feuding that goes on. Right. It's just so crazy out there. Absolutely. And locally, we can do that. Absolutely. Mark Rodriguez, thank you so much for your time. We are here still, and we're going to be here a little longer at local bar yes we are jake we're saying local bar and kitchen we're coming to you live from the south side thanks in part not in part sorg's over there doing the whole goddamn thing so thanks to sorg <laughs> sorgatron media we are live uh from the south side and we will be back with a couple of more updates as we wrap this night up and we are back with the pittsburgh current podcast at Local Bar and Kitchen on the south side with Sorgatron Media at the controls. Um, I am, <laughs> Sorg, I'm glad to see you finally are getting excited over there. Um, I am here with the editor of The Incline, our partner here at this event, um, Lexi Belkufine. Sorg. Sorg doesn't think I can say tough names very well, but I do all right. You nailed it, Charlie. <laughs> Thank you. So, um, Talk a little bit. Like, I first want to say that um, thanks for partnering with us on this because this is, you know, we're new. We're just kind of coming out. And I think it's sort of important for independent um, independent news agencies like ourselves, despite, you know, where we kind of fall on the spectrum to sort of work together when we can. And so I want to thank you for uh, having us out. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, and I want to thank you guys, too. Uh, this was a natural, uh, a natural collaboration, I think, and the incline is really glad to be a part of it. It wasn't that long ago that we were the new guys in town, too. Uh, we just turned two years old. Um, and so we were thrilled to be able to work with The Current on this event. Now, you guys you guys do events like this. Is this have you done election night events previously? We have. Uh, we did an election night party in 2016. Uh, um, how was that? It was much different than tonight. <laughs> uh, it was a really lovely party. We yeah. were on the north side at the Foundry. Um, and then just like about halfway through the night, everything just... The, the mood in the room plummeted. Right. Um, and, of course, then the newsroom kicked into high gear because, right, the secret tonight and the reason that I'm only getting on with Charlie now, thank you for being patient with me, uh, is that we are running um, our website live here all night. And that's what we were doing in 2016 too, right? So um, at that point we saw right as the mood was shifting, the newsroom was kicking into high gear. Right. So how, how is that? How is that? I mean, we've been over here talking about results and telling jokes, but – at, over at the real news agency, how are you guys sort of handling the uh, the news as it came in tonight? I mean, was it was it a busy night for you guys? 
Uh, it was a pretty straightforward night for us. Yeah. We have uh, re- so we have a partnership with our sister site in Billy Penn, and so we have newsrooms in Philadelphia and Pittsburgh reporting this evening. Um, we have a, our Harrisburg reporter is in York tonight. She was at the Wolf Party, right? Um, and I mean, he spoke by nine thirty, I believe, this evening. Right. And so, uh, you know, everybody's going to be in bed by midnight, I think. Right, um, I think so too. Did you see any surprises? Anything? I mean, at the top races, you didn't. There weren't real. Didn't seem to be any, but. Any maybe of these legislative races that you saw that uh, surprised you maybe a little well, bit? Well, we're still waiting on the PA Senate race between Lindsey Williams right. uh, and Jeremy Schaefer. And so waiting to see what happens there still. But at this point, um, you know, Terzai as well as Metcalf, I believe, are close. Right. Um, and so, uh, no, I mean, no no major upsets. Right. And is that something, after 2016, none of us could have expected 2016. We, in fact, were doing a live podcast of 2016. When I used to work at this paper on the other side of the country, I don't want to mention its name. Sure. Yep. Um, but uh, you, if you go back and watch that, it's a five-hour piece of art where you can slowly see us getting sadder and sadder and drunker and drunker as we go along. This is obviously a much more festive spirit uh, tonight. How do you, how do you sort of, um, you know, doing what we're doing was easy, but with the noise and the racket and the TVs and the, how, how do you guys, how do you guys kind of? keep it together to get through the night sure i mean so obviously the inclines coverage is nonpartisan, and so for us right. you know we just kind of um we do our jobs it's easy for me to sit in a crowded loud room and to do work right. because that's what we do that's where yeah. uh that's you know how our journalists are trained right um and so tonight it's been fun though i mean it's been fun watching everybody react um it's been really interesting watching everybody respond to uh the news out of texas this evening yes. even too um and so yeah for us it's it's a it's fun having people around right. uh, to and, see. And what about nationally? Is there anything that, that you saw? I'm going to talk about Texas. But what kind of things? Is there anything that you saw that um, that was a big surprise to you? I know. I think the Florida governor's race is still up in the air, I think. Um, but is there any, 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 is there anything, that, anything that shocked you? at all tonight? Well, I think the big question tonight was what was going to happen with, right, the control of the House and the Senate. And so, you know, having, uh, the Democrats having flipped the House, I think, is obviously the big story tonight. And, right. And we saw those kinds of, we saw those things happening in Western Pennsylvania, too. Right. And just finally, what, flipping the House, Senate stays, Senate stays red. How do you see that affecting the last two years of uh, the Trump administration? Any thoughts? I know we just, like, it just happened, but... Um, do you think that that, that that it's obviously not going to have the same gas as if it had, if they took both chambers? But do you think there can still be could could be a disruption there uh, with with the house going blue? So the incline is a completely local Pittsburgh site, and so my expertise yeah. is how it will sure. affect Pittsburgh. Um, and I will say that I think we're going to keep seeing more of the same um, right. in Western Pennsylvania for the next two years. Um, and you know, voter turnout today, anecdotally, having reporters out at the polls all day, um, they just saw a massive number of people specifically saying that their votes were. Um, indictments on the Trump administration. And so I do think that uh, here in Pittsburgh, um, people are looking at the next two years as as being in opposition to the Trump right. administration. It should be a lot of fun when we come back in 2020, that's for sure. We'll be here. Lexi Belkufine, thank you so much for Thanks, having Charlie. us. And thank you so much for coming on. Of course, thank you. Thank you. So we are going to have just one more update after this one. Um, and uh, then we're going to call it a night. This is the Pittsburgh Current Podcast live at Local on the South Side with the Incline and Sorgatron Media. 
Welcome back to the final segment of the Pittsburgh Current Election Night podcast. We are here with our friends at the Incline, and we are at local bar and kitchen, and we're wrapping up. We had a, uh, it was a good time down here. It was a good election night. Um, some good things happened, some bad things happened, and uh, some things in between happened. Whatever happened, you can be guaranteed that the president had a good night, regardless of how shitty it really was mm. for him. It was a good night. Yeah. People who really like the president, I'm just kidding. Ariana Berenger is here with me. <laughs> Huge Trump supporter, Ariana. I mean, not at all. <laughs> oh, I will show you this. So we had our graphics department. And, um, oh, wait. That was for our, that was in case Medcalf was lost. Gonna say that. The Rainbow Hammer. That Jake drew Trump. I want to show this. It's quite orange. kind of looks like, he kind of looks like a, uh, right. Like a zombie from like Walking Dead or something. I yeah, but I'm I, not quite sure. I think our graphics department came out pretty good. We had our. I mean, Jake, uh, we might have Donovan, my 13 year old, do this next year. Maybe he can <laughs> give you some lessons. Yeah. Now, let's talk. I first want to talk about state party dynamics. I want yeah. to talk about, you know, can we ever sort of get to a point where Democrats have a shot to take over the state? You know, take over the state house, the state senate. Sorry, Bethany. Sorry, I mean, sorry to knock. Sorry she to, is beautiful. Sorry to knock. Sorry to knock <laughs> into like, the host. Now here's a, here's a map that Jake has prepared. Oh, this is these right. are the sections okay. of the state as we see them. We have Pittsburgh and Philly, and then as yeah. you'll see, I think we're trying to gain some ground. Gain some ground up in. I had a drink. Gain some ground up in Kansas, uh, but East Dakota. Okay, hold on. Yeah, I disagree. Okay. So I lived here. I lived in what you, you in call Kansas. Kansas. I lived in Scranton and Wilkesbury for four years. <laughs> there are Democrats there, and they're, they're badass. There are six. No, they're uh, they're not Kansas. There are five since you left. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're way more. Now Kentucky, um, you got to give me. I might, but. Also, there are more Democrats there than you believe because I spent a lot of time up there too when I ran for office. So, I mean, I don't agree with your map entirely. That's all I have to say. What about East Dakota? Any thoughts on East Dakota? I mean, that's eerie. Ron <laughs> D. Nicola, what, how did he do? I, I'm I, still I, trying to follow the my, results. My assistant, Haley, will look that up. Ron, Ron D. Nicola. D. Nicola. In so, eerie. Yeah, that ahead. is a race in which actually we can like erase this line yeah, we, and say like Western Pennsylvania is Democratic. Right. We can make it like West Virginia, perhaps. No. I mean, that's still freaking close. Yeah, no. I mean, listen, Mike Kellyism is a, well, he's a lot of things. But Mike <laughs> Kelly is entrenched. He's an entrenched Republican. Right. And, um, you know, and that's why I, I kind of I, I thought that um, and I, I think I think that Daniel Smith Jr. ran a good campaign against Daryl Metcalf. And I think a lot of us, you know, had hopes that 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 could happen up there. And I don't know what the final numbers are, but I know neither. Daryl was at one point, maybe 57 percent. OK. Um, but vote count wise, it was, you know, 13,000 to 9000 votes in, in a in a district that he has dominated for a long time. Eons, yeah. I think. And I think that, like, I mean, obviously not all the votes are tallied in yet yeah. for Ron. And I don't know what districts are, or, you know, precincts are still remaining for him. But We don't have that kind of budget. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> As but one of I, our writers, Ariana I, knows that better than anyone. <laughs> but what I do recognize yeah. is that that district is far more competitive than it yeah. has ever been before. 
and that Ron has done a phenomenal job running a really great campaign right. up there. And it's one of those things where you go, okay, we have this map where we joke about being West yeah, Virginia and East sure. Dakota and Arkansas. I mean, like, I mean, I think most of those states are better than us for electing women, let's Ab- be honest. Absolutely. But I think that we've got an opportunity here right. this cycle. And if not this cycle, next cycle, yeah. right? Like, this is a midterm election. Right. I know that turnout has been a little bit better. Yeah, better? the turnout, right. I'm putting these glasses up despite I, your protestations. <laughs> um, Allegheny County voter turnout. At 2014 midterm midterms, it was 40.7%. Okay. Um, 54% in 2018. I mean, that's that's a pretty strong turnout. That's pretty strong. And the other thing that I found was interesting was the straight party voting in Allegheny County. Um, in 2014, Democrats voted straight party 60% of the time. Okay. And Republicans 40% of the time. Democrats actually saw an increase. We had more Democrats. 65% uh, voted straight party. Republicans fell 34%. So a 6% drop. And again, this isn't this isn't as much as we would like it to be a sprint. It is yeah. a marathon. You know, you can't undo what's been done in one one two years. You can't, but you can like make little digs, exactly. right? Like it's those little bits of like picking up seats where you can. And I think that across the state of Pennsylvania, I know like Allegheny County, we had some really good pickups. But I mean, we before tonight we had zero women in Congress. Right, like none. Yeah. Now we've got Susan Wild up in the Lehigh Valley. Right. We've got Chrissy Houlihan just outside of Philadelphia. We've got Mary Gay Scanlon. Like, yes. we went from zero to three. Yeah, that's amazing for women. Yeah, like that's pretty awesome. And a lot more running, which is is so. What do you? As some, you I mean, look, you were you were a, a woman candidate when yeah. the lieutenant governor's race started. When you pulled out of that race because you realized you you realized one day your family wasn't rich, so you pulled out of that. <laughs> yeah. You just that day you're like, yeah, we're we're. You went poor. over for your check, and you're <laughs> yeah. like, what do you mean? <laughs> yeah, exactly. But so then you got to work with WTF, yep. uh, Women for the Future of Pittsburgh. How have you how have you seen it grow over this? election cycle i mean it's been phenomenal yeah right we talk about not just women running for office but like this women engaging in the political process that they have not been before whether i'm in my own little community my own little bubble of murraysville but like there are moms that my kids go to school with that have been independent they're like oh no what i'm voting for democrats this year i'm voting for women this year i mean unfortunately bibby didn't win her race out where we're at but there were women that turned out right. for her that didn't before, right. right? Like, I haven't had the chance to look at the numbers for this race versus others, and I know we had redistricting, and so that they're a little yeah, bit... And I, yeah, and that's the thing. It's, it's you, had, you had Guy Reckensteller, who um, is a Republican favorite. Yeah. He's got the haircut. <laughs> I mean, I'm an Army veteran, so I get it, but well, at the same time... Yeah, that's a little too... Uh, <laughs> I don't have. That's a little 1940s military. I don't have the haircut. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so here's what we're looking at. Okay. Uh, Well, yeah, we have Lindsey Williams defeating Jeremy Schaefer. Chief, Uh, they they, they called it? That's it. 100%. No way. Yes. That's amazing. defeated Jeremy Schaefer. That's fantastic. Lindsey, oh my God. By about uh, six, no, about 700 votes. That's awesome. Yeah, that was so close. We were watching it back yeah. here, and and honestly, it, that's where you um, 
Do you think it was the fact that Schaefer went negative? That the Schaefer went negative at the end that helped him get that close, or do you think that maybe is what? Well, but I don't know if it I cost him because I don't think I don't know that he ever had a chance before he started pulling. I don't know all kinds of stuff like, out of his ass. I'm not. They, unfortunately, I'm not this like political prognosticator. Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. like get the. Yeah. The ins and outs of it. What I do know, though, is that Lindsay ran a hell of a campaign. She did. And she busted her ass. And so I see that. I see what the work and the yeah. effort that she put in. And I go, that to me is Jeremy Schaefer put up some political yard signs and, like, right. had some negative ads. Yeah. I don't know that he knocked on a door. Right. 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 I know Lindsay was out there knocking doors all the time. If you saw the commercial, I know he was jogging a lot around the <laughs> neighborhoods. <laughs> was showing off a little bit. Right. But, I mean, that's what it comes down to. I think that it is Lindsay did the work that it took to get elected. I also think that there is this um, moment in time that we are happen to be in right now where women are going, like, you know what? I'm going to go vote for her. Do you? Neither of us are Republicans, so it'd be hard to to try and put ourselves in those shoes. But I would have been interested at what kind of race... Lindsay would have had against Randy Velakovich, who, you know, uh, incumbent. nobody hates Randy Velakovich, you know, he, uh, I mean, I don't know. I don't. Listen, he's done some. He wasn't my favorite person when I met with him, I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. But he had shown at least some willingness to, Jim Furlow endorsed him when he, when he left <laughs> office, but. You know, anyway, it would be interesting to see. But, like, the, the, the difference in, yeah. like, Schaefer being this very extreme right. candidate. Because Schaefer beat Velakovich how right. he tried to beat Williams. Right. And, and, you know, like I don't running know to the right of him. Exactly. Right. Exactly. I mean, that's, that is the Trump way of doing yeah. things, right? And I don't, I don't know if tonight we call it a referendum on Trump or not. Right. I, I don't know that I would say that. Yeah. I don't know if it was. I think that we've gone to a point now where... I know we've talked a lot about a democratic wave. I yeah. don't know that it was a wave. Right. Yeah. I, that's what. That's what I was talking to someone else about. I, I don't know if it was a wave. It was a start. You know, to take the house is right. Something. Absolutely. You know? And I, I was actually talking to my husband the other night. I said he asked me the question, Ariana, if you had to define what a a wave election is, right. whether it's Democratic or Republican, what is it? And I said to him, Well, it's when we the the, the minority party right. take seats that are strong Republican right. seats. I don't know that we did that. Pennsylvania is not a good measure of that because we had redistricting. Right. And so the seats that would have typically been strong Republican seats became competitive. Right. So we'd have to look at other states to actually to see that. And I don't know... I mean, Andrew Gillum lost Florida tonight. Yeah, he just uh, Andrew Gillum conceded he, just a short time ago in Florida. Um, you know, and that was one again that I think um, that looked very winnable. And there were a couple of those. I mean, Texas. I mean, uh, that was a. I almost think they screwed with us on purpose. They I held know. back all the votes and reported them all in the last hour. I was like heartbroken. I mean, this whole room in here yeah. was just like no. It's definitely not any. As you said, I don't. I don't know that it's a that it's a complete win for Democrats, but it is enough of a loss that Donald Trump is going to be able to tweet yeah. it up this evening and yeah. into the next. Like, two hey, years. we won. Yeah, this exactly. is our. Yeah, it's, it's and a referendum. That, yeah. And that's the thing. It's a re- unfortunately the referendum that he got, even if it wasn't anywhere else, was we want Supreme Court justices yep. who are who are pro life and and you know 
pro-Second Amendment regardless of what other shit they might have done in their right. life. And that's that's scary. That's right. bad. Right. I mean, we made... We made, I mean, I'm so excited about Lindsay Williams winning tonight yeah, because like, that's the thing. It's like these little, or, and it's not little, but like these these local elections, these end up being the larger yeah. elections later on, right? right? And so we are building, as Democrats, we are building our ground game. Right. We are building our local, our local elected officials. We've got state senators and we've got still Sarah and Summer right. and these other progressives that have won elections here yeah. in Allegheny County and I think that this is what we start to build into. Right. I wouldn't call this a wave election, but I would definitely call this as a definite a, a, a building block to right. a wave. Yeah. I don't it, know like what what is that? A great start, I don't know. A yeah. decent start at least, sure. Yeah. Oh wait, did Paul Costa win the right in ballot? I didn't know. No, no, oh, no, no, no. Oh darn. Who didn't see that? No, that was Dom. A Dom. That was Dom. Oh, I, never mind. Thank I, have, I have a Don Costa story that I'll share off the air. <laughs> uh, anyway, Ariana, thank you so much. Oh, you should read in today's Pittsburgh Current. Ariana wrote a column about basically what do we do tomorrow? What do we and do tomorrow? So, guys? if you're looking for, <laughs> don't be don't the- be disappointed. Don't feel like you've lost anything tonight. Think about what you can do tomorrow to make our democracy better, and that's what you'll read today in the Current. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you, Ariana. Thank you to everyone. Thank you to Local (laughs) Bar and Kitchen and the Incline. My voice is shot. And thank you to Sorgatron Media for our live broadcast tonight. Uh, We will see you Thursday at our regular time, 10 a.m., with a great guest. I don't know who it is yet, Sorg, so I'll get that info to you. (laughs) Thanks, everybody. I hope you – thanks for tuning in, and uh, have a great night. Thanks. Bye, guys. This show is a member of the Sorgatron Media Podcast Network. Find out more at sorgatronmedia.com.